This is Constance Towers, and welcome to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential. Radio talk show about television. Eric Braden will join us in our second hour. Eric Braden, the actor known around the world as Victor Newman on The Young and the Restless. Eric recently celebrated his 40th anniversary playing Victor on YNR. We'll ask him about that. We'll also talk about some of his other movie and TV roles, including the pride and joy he felt working on Den of Thieves. Den of Thieves, a movie written and directed by Eric's son, Christian Gudegas. Eric Braden will join us in our second hour. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us via Skype. As they bring us this week in TV history, Tony Sigmund is always brought to us by our friends at Story Salon, Southern California's longest-running, regularly performing live storytelling ensemble, storysalon.com, facebook.com forward slash Story Salon. We are talking to Tony and Donna via Skype. All things considered, Tony and Donna, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, too. Uh, you mentioned that we're presented by Story Salon. I have to say that Story Salon has taken uh, an impromptu hiatus along with everyone else in town. Our One of our producers, Dan Farron, who has been going through some health issues, actually uh, posted a live story on Facebook last night to compensate for the uh, storytelling deficit. And hopefully there'll be more of that in the future. Yeah. He had some health issues uh, earlier this year. That's what he was talking about in his story, so I'm not telling tales out of school. But uh, he's one of those at-risk uh, cases now, so he, uh, he has been told to stay home for his own personal health. But, yeah, everybody in town, Story Salon, everybody around here that does any sort of live performance, everyone's on hiatus, let's call it that. As are a lot of industries across the country not just the entertainment industry but all kinds of business call centers for direct response companies all sorts of businesses broadcast facilities npr bloomberg report for reasons of precaution and safety people are working remotely and that's one of the things we're going to talk about, uh, and, and, and also just how it's affecting our different communities. You just, I just got a message as I'm talking to you from um, the audiobook community, and there were several conferences scheduled for May. End of May. End of June. May, and we just got a message that one of those has also been, you know, so these type of events, it, I imagine the demand for audiobooks will be going up. But, uh, you know, the conferences where the networking is done and, and where narrators and authors and even, the you know, covering the technical aspect. Yeah, it, it is amazing because now people need to up their technical game uh, because more and more people are going to be working out of home. But it is, yeah, it is kind of, you know, upsetting because it's not just, you know, people like that. The hotel industry, you know, the convention halls that are being rented. Well, all tourism the, in general. Tourism yeah. in general. Yeah. I mean, L.A. is not only, you know, the what are the two biggest industries in L.A.? The entertainment industry and tourism. Yeah, so that's horribly affected. But uh, it's one of those things that, well, we, we can debate on, on how the, the, you know, the situation was handled initially. But um, we're all going to get through this together just be smart be patient 
and have a reliable source of information. And wash your hands. Yes. Yes, yes. That was what I'm saying. Yes, wash your hands as many times as possible and be safe. And it's challenging. I was listening to a news report earlier this morning. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end to everything. What is challenging about how COVID-19 is affecting everything throughout the country is we don't know where we are in that spectrum. Yeah. yeah. Looking at the rest of the world, I'm afraid we're still somewhere in the beginning. I pray I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong too. The initial precautions, not only for large scale gatherings, concert venues, uh, but also with regard to a lot of the restaurant uh, restrictions and closing down of bars and other public venues uh, here in California. They closed down the bars on St. Patrick's Day. Well, yeah, that's that's ironic. But the initial advisory was end of the month, so roughly two weeks. That was as of when the directive came down around the 15th of March. This being a fluid situation, things have changed, and there may be a concern that a lot of things will remain shuttered, you know, past that initial two-week period. We just we just have to wait and see. Yeah, which I think the big one being the schools. Yeah, I mean, that's that's been one of the top stories. I mean, we live in a major metropolitan area and uh, let's call it diverse incomes. And there are kids, you know, they were talking about that. One of their meals is their lunch that they get provided yeah. at their school. But thankfully, several of the schools still are providing meals for many of the students mm-hmm. who depend on them. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us via Skype for a special edition of This Week in TV History, in which uh, we are discussing the effect of the coronavirus pandemic across the country and around the world and how it has affected, it continues to affect not only the entertainment industry, but all industries and our very everyday lives. To uh, We mentioned how uh, the situation is fluid. We recorded the segment with Tony and Donna on the afternoon of Thursday, March 19th, within three hours of finishing our conversation. The governor of California issued a directive ordering all Californians to go into lockdown mode. That was followed the next day by a directive issued by the governor of New York ordering all New Yorkers to go into lockdown mode. Donna? Ed, you're from the Bay Area. You have family in the Bay Area. They are on lockdown, complete lockdown. That is my understanding. I was was talking to two of my sisters uh, yesterday. And to say that residents of the San Francisco Bay Area are going through strange times is an understatement. Uh, It's funny. um, I work from home, and as part of my routine, I make it a point to get out, walk around for at least an hour um, for exercise, and it clears my head. And it's to some extent there's a so, there's a social element because there are, you know depending on which route I take there are people that I will see that I recognize every day or every other day, and I've had a few moments where well should I not do that and 
in the interest of staying informed, some experts saying even when practicing sheltering in place during a statewide lockdown mode, it's good to go out and walk as long as you practice common sense and and good social distancing, you know, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's one thing that Los Angeles has over New York. New York is so congested and so compact. We're really spread out, so we can spread out. I've noticed on my, my own walks this week, lots of people out running and walking, and I'm happy to say that 98% of them have practiced good social distancing. Yeah, It's something that just we're taking very, very seriously. And I am very grateful we're out here to be able to take advantage of the outdoors since just since you're doing it smartly. Yeah, you know, we too are, you know, people that do a lot of work from home. You know, we, we do a lot of recording in our own office. Uh, Donna, prior to all of this, was doing a lot of self-taping, which is a new part of, you know, just auditioning. And so, which I'm, I could still do. You can yeah. still do, uh, but but the auditions now. Yeah, everything shut down. But you know, we really, in order for our own sanity, it's like we're we are working all day at home, sometimes together, sometimes in separate rooms. But at a certain point of the day, it's it's time to go outside. And also, I would say, since we have been working from home more and more and more. You do have that situation of being, you know, kind of overworked, overtaxed, becoming, you know, a little bit of a workaholic. So getting away for a few days has also become kind of vital. You know, it's like we can't just say we're not going to work because the work is there. The temptation is, is there. Uh, and so, you know, getting up and getting away for a few days. Won't be happening. Won't for be a happening while. for a while. Yeah. But uh, and and your home city was always like our our, our great escape. <laughs> <laughs> you know that was that was the thing. It's like okay, we are, we are a little overworked. We're getting a little testy. We got nothing on the horizon for the next few days. Let's go to SFO or Oakland. Let's take the Bard into you know and and, and we always find a good. I'm sure we'll find great travel packages now. <laughs> yeah, you just yeah and. Um, yeah, that was a problem that we were having. It, it seems to have uh, dissipated a little bit, but a lot of people were gathering near Hollywood and Highland, near the Chinese Theater, the Dolby Theater, uh, the El Capitan Theater, and they're just hanging out, you know, just because, you know, the theme parks are closed, the Santa Monica Pier was closed, so many of the, the basic attractions, and so, you know, these people can't, well, I guess officially we could tell them, don't leave your hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> Which they've done in some cities, yes. Yeah, they have, some, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But, um, you know, it's kind of sad because we, we were on our walk yesterday. The Chinese theater, the forecourt, they have fenced off. Which know. is actually a good thing. It yeah. is a good thing. It's just kind of sad to see, you know, a barricade in front of, uh, you know, all the famous footprints and all that. And there are, you know, it's Los Angeles. We have an active lifestyle the gyms are closed, including the gym in our own building. Our yeah. personal yeah. gym is closed. So there are a lot of people out walking, but thankfully they're taking this very seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not a lot of yeah. complaining. Everybody is understanding so far. Very kind, very helpful. Uh, you know, there's a big call out to check in on neighbors, especially elderly neighbors. Mm -hmm. But we were talking mm -hmm. about, you know, staying in your hotel room. I've been, in, I've been chatting online with my sister in Puerto Rico. They have the strictest lockdown policy right now there. They are, it's like, you don't go out for anything. 
So, you know, unless you're providing a vital service. I'm assuming you can go to the food uh, to get food and pharmacy. I believe food and pharmacy, that's it. But the people staying, you know, the tourists that are staying in hotels were told to stay in their hotel. You know, there's certain uh, things they could do. They can go out to get food. And that's about it there. And they have like a $5,000 fine and six months in jail or both. Yeah. I don't know how well it's being enforced. My sister's an attorney. Basically, there is no court. Yeah. Uh, I think until uh, I forgot what day in April. Uh, but um, she works for the bankruptcy court. But uh, basically, yeah, it, it is it is big. They showed on the news that some people are at the beach. And, and the, in Florida. Yeah, well, in Puerto Rico, they're at the beach, oh. and the police came and took them away. Then there's Florida. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, spring break is alive and well. This is... The pictures have been frightening, what we saw on the news this morning. Just looks like any other spring break. Lots of people on the beach. Yeah, the only thing missing is the MTV logo. And... Um, <laughs> And, and, and yeah, and uh, what was it? Well, former Governor Rick Scott, what was he just posting? We've been looking at different posts. You know, it's like he's going, what are you thinking? Yeah. But the, you know, they are not reacting. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us via Skype for a special edition of This Week in TV History in which uh, we are discussing the effect of the coronavirus pandemic across the country and around the world and how it continues to affect our very everyday lives. We've had, what, we had three primaries the other day. Ohio finally postponed their primary. Everybody else had theirs. And I think the Ohio primary has been postponed until June 2nd, Yes, that's, I believe. That is, that's the date, I think, yeah. And there was a lot of, I forget how long you were able to do pre-voting. My mother in Ohio voted... 10 days before the election, uh, a lot of people had, but this is, I, I, I has, was asking, are people going to be con- continue to vote during all of this until the actual election? Well, I think a lot of that depends on what Senator Sanders does, and by the time this airs, we may have an answer to that. Um, yeah. As of today, mathematically, Biden has all but clinched the nomination. Uh, Sanders' path to the nomination is narrower and narrower to the point where if the primaries that are scheduled to take place during the week of the 24th take place, based on the polls, the distance between Biden and Sanders will grow even wider. However, if Sanders were to announce that he's going to suspend his campaign, that would effectively clinch the nomination for Joe Biden, which would negate the need for any future, any more primaries this season, which would be good for safety, given the effect of COVID-19. And not to get too political, but that would be good for the Democratic Party because now they could reunite around the one candidate and they have more time to coalesce behind the one candidate between now and the November election. You know, it's something that needs to be discussed. I think it's one. it also has to be one of the kitchen table discussions that all of us need to be having because I, I, I can totally appreciate both sides of the issue. I think every state should have their say. Uh, every territory should have their say. And 
it's one of those things where I've heard people say, well, Bernie now needs to consider uh, his position so we can, you know, pretty much not, not eliminate the primary process, but pretty much move forward to the next step. Yeah. But again, everybody needs to, everybody's entitled to their say. I would fear that, you know, in that direction that, you know, some of the Bernie supporters uh, would then, you know, be questioning the legitimacy of Biden and, you know, will they decide once again to stay home on, on oh, election day. Oh, you can't look to the past, back to, to well, I would hope that 16. I pray that. I hope that common sense would prevail. Uh, I would say. Uh, I mean, both, what, what did we say? Well, how bad could it be? Well, now we're learning the hard way. Mm-hmm. So, in my own humble opinion. Yes, yeah, not to get too political, but... Yeah, it, it, it is a tough one because every state should have it, you know, their, their voice heard. But if, I, I both candidates have been acting very presidential uh, in the last few days. Well, I think if this were a normal time, the primaries would play out so that every state had their say. But because mm-hmm. this is an extraordinary time, and, and I'm not saying this is gospel, I'm just saying this is based on some of the articles I've read, where, yeah. because right now, the math points to Joe Biden being the Democratic nominee, and with each passing day, Bernie Sanders' path to the nomination becomes narrower and narrower and narrower that if he were to drop out of the race within the next week as we have this conversation, it would make the rest of the primaries, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, not obsolete, Yeah, we have a process and I think we have to respect. Has has anything like this happened in our history before where primaries just haven't happened even after it's clear who the nominee is? we We always went through the motions. Yeah. So primaries have always yeah. happened. Actually, well, nobody has ever, I haven't heard of anybody saying they're going to take a primary off the table. No. Uh, Puerto Rico has postponed theirs. Theirs was scheduled March 29th. Uh, there's there's 50-something delegates in play there. People in Puerto Rico, they, they vote in the primary, not in the election. Yeah, that one's been temporarily postponed. Uh, yeah, nothing's been, no primaries have been canceled you know, this is part of our democracy, and it is, it's... And I think most of us, honestly, would like to see the way it plays out. Yeah. Regardless of you know, what here, things look like here, today. The three of us, we've already had ours, so we already had our opportunity. Right, here in California. Yeah. So, um, I think the rest of the country wants to be, you know, want, everybody wants, wants to, to have heard. Their, Yeah, they want to be heard, which, I mean, it must be an incredible pressure on the, the Sanders campaign. But also, you know... Uh, canceling the rallies, things like that. Again, that's more, uh, that's venues and things like that. That is also uh, lost revenue, lost employment. The other question, will we have conventions? This year. This year. Well, we, there. Any type of convention. Yeah. Well, I'm sure in some way, because the protocol calls for the formal you know, ratification of the platform and all that, it just it may be done in a remote virtual setting versus yeah, it, in a large... Yeah, it, might be, it could be held in a conference room or, or it's done through Skype. Yeah. 
but that remains to be seen. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us via Skype. We're just kind of touching base and discussing the many ways in which uh, the COVID-19 crisis is affecting our country, affecting uh, all of our industries, uh, not, not just the entertainment industry, as part of a, a special edition of This Week in TV History. A quick program note, since we recorded this conversation with Tony and Donna on Thursday, March 19th, 538.com reports that the five states that had been scheduled to hold their primaries during the week of March 24th have postponed their primaries to Tuesday, May 19th. We'll take a quick time out. We'll continue our conversation with Tony and Donna. We'll shift gears and we'll talk about uh, some of the shutdowns in the television industry as a result of the coronavirus pandemic when we come back on TV Confidential. Are you from California, Illinois, New York, Georgia, or any of the other 39 states that charge state income tax? Does your state claim you owe them any amount of back taxes? Or have you not filed in years? Is your heart pounding because you know they're wrong or you just don't have the money? Don't fight the state income tax board alone. The tax doctor is here to help you. The state is much more aggressive than the IRS in collecting taxes. They have the power to take your home, your car, your drivers and business licenses, even garnish your wages, freeze your bank accounts, and go after your spouse. Solve all your income tax problems permanently and keep more of your hard-earned money. Make this 100% guaranteed risk-free call right now. 800-649-0142. 800-649-0142. That's 800-649-0142. Story Salon is Los Angeles' longest-running storytelling venue. We have live shows every Wednesday in Studio City, as well as solo shows, podcasts, CDs, and several books. Los Angeles Daily News calls Story Salon gemstones of narrative, something new, funny, astonishing. Sunset Magazine says, tales tall, tragic, and tantalizing. All of this makes Story Salon one of the most eclectic entertainment experiences available. You can learn more about us by going to our Facebook page or by visiting our website at www.storysalon.com. Accredited by Guinness World Records, welcome to Archival Television Audio Incorporated. A peerless TV soundtrack archive preserving the audio from television's first three decades, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. The Golden and Silver Age of Television. For more information, go to ATVAudio.com. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contract. Our experienced partners are offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. You'll never pay another timeshare maintenance bill again, and all your obligations will be terminated. You can begin saving today. Even if you've tried another company to get rid of your timeshare, call and see if we can help you. At the Timeshare Exit Hotline, we only accept payment after an agreement has been made to get you out of your timeshare. Make this complimentary free call and learn how our honest partners can help anyone, anywhere legally get out of their timeshare nightmare. 800-715-6093 
That's 800-715-6093. Hi, this is Richard Benjamin, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Hey, everybody! Hi! Welcome to my bathroom. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. You're watching a very special social distancing edition of The Late Show, or as I now call it, The Lather Show with Scrub and Colbert. My first guest tonight, as you can see, is Mr. Bubble, followed by a musical performance by the legendary duo Head and Shoulders. Ed Robertson, welcoming you back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us via Skype as part of a special edition of This Week in TV History in which we are taking a look at how the coronavirus pandemic has affected all of our lives around the world, all of our everyday lives. We talked about how production has shut down on a number of primetime shows as out of precaution to limit the spread of the coronavirus here in the Los Angeles community. To my knowledge, as of a couple of days ago, the daytime shows were still leaning towards continuing production. That was as of the time we recorded this conversation on the afternoon of Thursday the 19th. As mentioned earlier in the program, since we recorded this conversation, production of all television shows were shut down to limit large gatherings of people in compliance with the directive issued by the state of California late on Thursday the 19th. The late night shows, they tried limited production without an audience and then they shut down, but then Conan announced something very different yesterday. Uh, He's gonna resume production March 30th. It's all gonna be done virtually and remotely He's going to record his segments using his iPhone. Guests will be appearing via Skype, and then the editors and all the other technical people will be working remote. So nobody will be in the same room together, but they will be putting together a show using digital technology. And doing a full show at that, so I applaud him. Yeah. Yeah. It'll that be, is amazing. Yeah. I mean, uh, if anybody's been watching the Today Show, their staff is all over. Yeah. Al Roker is broadcasting the weather from home via, I believe, Skype. Uh, some people are using Zoom. Jimmy Fallon's using Zoom. Savannah Cuthrie has been broadcasting from their basement, uh, which actually looks very nice. <laughs> uh, she, you know, she had helped. Uh, I think NBC came in and helped. Yeah. Helped it look more like a studio. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, basically broadcasting through, you know, the, the basic technology that we have available now. Uh, Al Roker's just broadcasting from his kitchen. <laughs> and he has an iPad set up and he's just doing the weather map from the iPad. And you can see uh, the Roker family just keeps walking into the shot. <laughs> you know, uh, this morning they slept in, but it is, you know, because, you know, his wife, Deborah Roberts, who, you know, they're cooking, and he is just doing it, and you can hear the bacon sizzling in the background. It's kind of quaint. Um, yeah, Savannah, and she's doing, you know, the more serious news. They have a setup that it looks, you know, much more serious. Jimmy Fallon looks like he has some sort of playroom attic that he has, you know, what you would expect, you know, the Fallon house to look like. Yeah. Uh, and his wife is operating the camera. Stephen Colbert did a couple of uh, shows from his house, one from his bathtub. 
I think they were originally <laughs> scheduled to be on hiatus this week anyway. But yeah, and it's very funny. And then uh, John Maltese, his music director, he's just at a piano in his house and they're editing it, all of it together. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel did more of a standard, kind of what we're doing right now. Uh, you know, they're having their kids doing the graphic work. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon and, and Jimmy uh, Kimmel, just, you know, with crayons doing all the graphic work. But Jimmy's basically doing what we're doing right now. But it is amazing. Uh, MSNBC, you can't necessarily tell, but they built a special studio for Brian Williams outside of New York. Well, you're assuming somewhere. Else. Well, he did say he, that he's not in New York. Okay. Yeah. They did not say where he is. I mean, so it could be in his basement, but they're doing it. It's outside of Rockefeller Center. Um, Rachel Maddow? Rachel Maddow, they also constructed a studio, She's, and she even, you know, they both brought it up. It looks a little different, So, but they still have the same type of monitor and green screen technology mm -hmm. just so that they can work alone and keep doing what they're doing. And uh, it still looks very, very professional. But you can see a lot of times they're going to the different correspondents, and the correspondents are in, like, their own home office or you know, on their balcony or at their dining room table presenting different reports. I will say my favorite late night show so far was Stephen Colbert's last show that was done at the Ed Sullivan Theater without an audience, and it was his rehearsal. <laughs> I, I saw. I watched a little of that. I watched a little of that it before I called you. It was fantastic. Yeah. I, I saw it and watched it again with Tony. There were just so many organic elements of, you know, working your show – and I think, you know, for the rehearsal, I think there were so many organic out that could not be recreated a second time. So they just aired the, the rehearsal. And it was very, very funny. And he's, you know, he opens running in pretending to high-fiving audience members <laughs> that aren't there. The audience was filled with some staff members that were socially distancing themselves. It were, like, were there 30 people? If that. Even? I mean, yeah. Yeah. And then to, you know, and the thing is, you know, it's the rehearsal. So the band is a little bit more casually dressed and, uh, you know, just do it, you know, but also you can see his timing is, is out of whack because he's expecting a reaction, a response. Yeah. His staff members, you know, are laughing, but it's not the same response. And then, you know, so he didn't do the monologue standing. He sat down and he was, you know, directing and he was having a few drinks along the way. It may have been apple juice in a scotch glass. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, still reacting accordingly uh and uh they brought in uh was it um, one of the medical uh dr gupta from yeah CNN. sanjay gupta from uh, cnn to discuss it so the, you know there was more serious discussions over at abc that week pete Buttigieg was the guest host on jimmy kimmel live and he also worked without an audience which had been planned that had yeah. been planned in advance uh but it just happened he was working without an audience he was he, he as a late night talk he, he did a very, very good, good job. I thought One he was funny, yeah. They, they had stock footage of audience reaction for some of the <laughs> monologue jokes, and they just cut to that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, one of the guests was uh, Patrick Stewart. Pete Buttigieg is a huge Star Trek fan. Huge. And so Patrick Stewart, to have him as the guest, I mean, that was really cool. And Patrick Stewart signed an, a, one of his personal scripts from Star Trek The Next Generation. And presented it to him, which was really cool. I'm surprised he, he was able to contain himself. But it was <laughs> it was his personal script. And you know how, um, let me explain. When you get a, sh a script on the first day of production, all the pages are white. Mm -hmm. And then there are mm -hmm. rewrites. 
And with each set of rewrites, there's a different uh, color for the pages. So at the end of the uh, production, uh, there's very few white pages left uh, with all the rewrites. So you can look at the script and you can see it's this whole rainbow of colors in there. And it had all of you know Patrick Stewart's personal notes in the margins of the script, too. So that was a really cool presentation. Plus, he got high praise from Patrick Stewart. He said, oh, I've been following you. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, so it was it, it, it was a really nice moment yeah. uh, to see Patrick Stewart uh, in that and you know, promoting his new show on CBS All Access, which I'm sure those guys are doing very well now with people binge watching. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us via Skype for a special edition of This Week in TV History in which uh, we are discussing the effect of the coronavirus pandemic across the country and around the world and how it has affected, it continues to affect not only the entertainment industry, but all industries and our very everyday lives. Streaming numbers have been up the last couple of weeks. Uh, podcast numbers have been up the last couple of weeks. Uh, everyone's looking for ways to, for reasons that we discussed earlier, because you are home and because you need to decompress, if only take a break in the middle of the day to watch an episode or two of your favorite show. And I think everybody has a list of things that they've wanted to watch. Now would be a time to start working on that list as well. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely can schedule in the little binge watching time. Some, uh, well, Universal, NBC Universal announced that they were going to have uh, some of their theatrical releases available for live streaming as well. So things that are currently in theaters like Emma, you'll be able to stream. Yeah. Emma will be one. Um a couple of other things that will also be available soon. Uh, a couple of the Broadway sites are streaming recordings of Broadway musicals, like including Hamilton on one of the sites. Mm -hmm. So if you couldn't get tickets, you can watch it in your living room. I think that both uh, the Paris Opera is making um, some of their operas available via streaming. The New York City Public Library, you can download over 300,000 books for free. So luckily, the things to do that we've used to um, pass the time. Broadway stars are streaming. Uh, I think they're on uh, YouTube. But, you know, since Broadway is also shut down, yeah, there's a, a channel now set up on YouTube where they'll be doing performances from their home. The Metropolitan Opera as well will be streaming operas. I think I saw Jason Alexander provide like a little, like a five minute, 10 minute, this day in Broadway history. I don't know whether he's going to continue doing that, but I he posted that on his social media channels yesterday. I think that is cool. I mean, that is really, really cool to be able to partake in some, you know, it's, it, PBS was always, I think a lot of people's link to Broadway. Mm-hmm. Great performances. You would see Broadway, you see operas, stuff like that. The American theater scene has taken this amazing shift 
uh, in the last few years. I mean, when Disney has taken over Broadway in many aspects, it, it certainly was a game changer. And I think it certainly had a lot, you know, it, it, it attracted a, a whole different audience and, and, and younger audiences. But uh, now that people might have a chance to be exposed to some of the American theater that is uh, all due respect to the Lion King and, and, and things like <laughs> that, that will be... No, hey, hey, we loved Frozen, by the way. Yeah. You know, all, you know, but to see, you know, if their knowledge of Broadway, especially for a younger generation, is the Lion King and Frozen and um, Mary Poppins and, and things like that, it's like be a wonderful opportunity to see things that uh, may not have come through your town, you know, that was not part of, you know, all the touring companies. Can... And you're talking to a guy who has seen Wicked six times. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Ken Burns, speaking of PBS, he arranged for his entire, I think it was, what, eight hours, ten hours? His miniseries on the history of baseball is now is also being streamed for free on, PB, on PBS.org because going back to industries being affected by the coronavirus pandemic. Major League Baseball has been shut down indefinitely. So as one way to provide a fix, at least temporarily, PBS is showing his baseball miniseries for free. Sports fans are going to be suffering the worst. No NCAA, no, I mean, the base, basketball season, baseball season. And, you know, we've had situations for sports fans where one group is on strike. Mm -hmm. And in the past, when you have had that situation, people, you know, ESPN has broadcast, let's say, uh, you know, Australian rules football to kind of compensate. Mm -hmm. And people who are addicted to, you know, certain sports, they can at least watch sports from a foreign country to kind of fill that void. But look at it, look at it. Internationally, yeah, there is, I mean... You can't even watch sports in another country right now. Yeah. And you can't even go to watch a Little League game. Yeah. It's got to be wrong. And again, to um, you can't emphasize it's it's not just, I think a lot of people unfortunately look at things very myopically. So, well, these million, millionaires are out of work. You have to look at the people who work the venues, the arenas, sell yes. tickets, tear tickets, sell right. the t-shirts, all in of the that. parking lots, I mean... It's another industry. Yeah. Yeah. Several Major League Baseball stars have donated funds to support the stadium workers in their respective cities during this time. This is in addition to donating funds of their own to support uh, relief efforts to the coronavirus crisis in general. Because yeah, as you said, yes, the players themselves will probably be okay. But it's it's the various people further down the chain that you have to think about. Yeah, I mean, just being here in Los Angeles, where many actors might have two or three survival jobs, and all of those jobs have disappeared. Yeah. You have one gig, but then you also are waiting tables, and then you're doing this and this and this. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we've talked to people who their main source of income and all their backup jobs have all been shut down. It, yeah, that's... It's one of those things that you have to consider. I mean, fortunately, you know, there, there's a lot of proactive activity happening um, with unemployment and, you know, to, to weigh that uh, first week that you can actually get uh, paid uh, sooner uh, once you know that you are not going to be uh, 
scheduled to work. And Congress did approve the stimulus package, you know, so that individuals and families will receive some support at least during the month of April. I know I, I heard this morning there's been efforts to try to come up with a way to make it a little more sustainable because, yes, you'll get a check that will help with the month of April, but if the shutdown continues to affect your place of employment, what are you going to do for May? I, I understand that is an issue that Congress is trying to find some sort of solution for. Yeah, it, it is amazing. I, I, I hope, you know, when we come out of this, that, that people do appreciate the importance of institutions like PBS and what they provide, because your tax dollars go to a certain amount of it, but they are also publicly funded. And uh, since kids are home, uh, this is a form of education for them. Uh, and is PBS doing any other than their their regular programming, educational programs? Are they providing lessons. I know there's some companies who are providing yeah. streaming services. So children who are now being homeschooled, which, oh, would be like all of them probably. Yeah. <laughs> the, majority, the majority of kids they, in this they, country they are, are They are kind of redirecting their focus in that area now. So I think, yeah, that's going to be which vital. I, I think there will be, and especially for parents who are dealing with homeschooling for the first time, you're just sort of thrown out into it. I think in a couple of weeks, streaming services will be intact. Uh, you will find out how you and your child work better together to do this. And think it'll be work smart and think you'll be able to work through it. And I, and I know that there are several parents groups that are supporting each other. Yeah, there's, there's also this. a lot of uh, tutorials going out there to help parents, you know, with the homeschooling process. But oh, you have to imagine that there are people who are working from home and they're looking after the kids taking care of stuff like that. It's a, it's a new day. It's a twilight zone reality. It is, but... And we'll get through it. You know, but I think PBS is going to be very helpful in the homeschooling process. I mean, we grew up with uh, Miss Francis and Ding Dong School. Um, I mean, you turned out all right. I turned out all right, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, here I am talking about television. But uh, one of the other issues that has been brought up is that, you know, certain uh, schools have been trying to go to online classes, but not everyone has that access, and not everyone has the technology or the Internet access. So uh, I think PBS is really going to be a, an asset, you know, appealing mm -hmm. to, to the groups. This is, uh, you know... It's a broadcast institution, and uh, so that you know that could be available over the air. So, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I hope that people appreciate what they have to offer because there's been this uh, interesting relationship with PBS, and uh, yeah, and I'm I'm curious to see because I mean, you know Sesame Street I'm sure is not you know doing any new episodes, but I'm sure they you know be great if there could be a shift that way also. Childofteleivision.blogspot.com, childofteleivision.blogspot.com, also storysalon.com. Donna's four-part novel series is now complete. Yes, it is. The last book, Fall Again Reunion, was published a few months ago. You'll see where the story finally ends. And to find out how the story begins and ends, go to fallagainseries.com. Tony and Donna, we'll see you both next time. Next, next time. time. We'll be back with more TV Confidential 
right after this. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contract. Our experienced partners are offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. You'll never pay another timeshare maintenance bill again, and all your obligations will be terminated. You can begin saving today. Even if you've tried another company to get rid of your timeshare, call and see if we can help you. At the Timeshare Exit Hotline, we only accept payment after an agreement has been made to get you out of your timeshare. Make this complimentary free call and learn how our honest partners can help anyone, anywhere legally get out of their timeshare nightmare. 800-715-6093. 800-715-6093. That's 800-715-6093. Hi, this is Rhonda Shear, and you're staying up all night or day with TV Confidential. An adult elephant can weigh up to six tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. Illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills... Don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 866-490-3991-866-490-3991-866-490-3991. Hi, this is Joyce Bullison. You're listening to TV Confidential. Uber is the mobile app that connects you with the driver for immediate transportation. Request a ride at the tap of a button and you have a driver curbside in minutes. You can choose to be driven in a black car, SUV, or you can choose UberX, the low-cost Uber for a ride in a hybrid or mid-range car. Payment is seamless and cashless. Build to your card on file with no need to tip. Enter the promo code TV Confidential after you download the app to receive a free first ride up to $20. For more information, go to get.uber.com forward slash go forward slash TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.